Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Well, that's why you don't shut down an economy. We're going to talk about that and a lot more tonight on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time to talk about the economy. Lessons. Lessons are important, aren't they? If you're a parent, you try to teach them. If you're a human being in general, you try to learn them. And it's really important to learn the right lessons, right? Especially, especially when things go wrong. If I, say I wrap up the show. We'll be done in about an hour. And let's say I get off work and I haven't even had any dinner yet. I got an empty stomach. Instead of grabbing some food, something healthy, instead I head down to the liquor store and I grab myself a fifth of whiskey and I just start chugging whiskey when I get home. No food in my belly, just overindulging, drinking a bunch of whiskey, get myself fall down in the gutter drunk, and then I come up with the idea, you know what would be fun? 
it would be fun to pour some gasoline in the middle of the kitchen counter and then get some matches and kind of wave them above the gasoline and just kind of have a little daredevil thing. And I go do it and I pour some gasoline there and waving some matches and I'm blasted drunk. I can hardly see straight. And then one of those minutes, whoop, I accidentally drop it. Kitchen goes up in flames. I have to get everyone out of the house and the house burns down to the ground. If I wake up the next day and I examine what happened, what lesson do you think I should take from that? Is the appropriate lesson to take from that, hey, from now on, I'm going to keep a firmer grip on the matches. That's really where I went wrong. Or are there more important lessons to learn from that? The reason we're going to talk about what we're about to talk about with the inflation news today is I see a lot of people complaining about what's going on today, what's happening today. And I understand that. I certainly understand why. I mean, we have the news out today, 8.5% inflation. That is a staggering number, 40-year high, 8.5% inflation. And people are upset, they're sad, they're, they're angry, they're, put whatever word on it, people are mad, can't afford things. Okay? I understand that completely. You should be. You should be mad. But what lessons are you taking from it today? Because I'm going to say a couple things now that are about to make you uncomfortable, that might even make you angry. I don't care. They're still the truth, and everyone needs to hear them, and everyone needs to learn them. You see, if you're mad about gas being up 48%, used cars being up 35%, meat, fish, and eggs up 13%, electricity up 11%, if you're mad about all that, maybe today, almost, I want to say probably today, what you may have been saying is, is that Joe Biden, Joe Biden inflation, these are Biden price hikes. Maybe that's what you're saying. I, I know for a fact that's what you've heard all over the radio and TV today. As you consume news from the right, that's what you've heard. This Biden, it's Joe Biden, this Biden inflation. That's yeah, not true. I'm sorry, it's not true. It's not true at all. Oh, yeah, Joe Biden's made everything worse, but that is not true. If you're mad about the fact you can't afford a new car, a used car, if you're mad about the fact maybe you're having to move in with your parents, maybe your kids are moving back in with you, if you're mad that you can't afford steak, if you're mad you have empty shelves, well, it is important that we learn the right lesson. We're not going to blame it on a loose finger on a match. We're going to learn the right lesson. Do you want to know where the inflation you're feeling today began? Right about here. We're announcing new guidelines for every American to follow over the next 15 days. As we combat the virus, each and every one of us has a critical role to play in stopping the spread and transmission of the virus. We, we did this today. This was done by a lot of very talented people, some of whom are standing with me. Very talented people. Very talented. Experts, really. 15 days to slow the spread. So in response to a virus, we're going to stop the economy? Here's what I said about it back in March of 2020, just so you don't think I'm Johnny come lately to this whole thing. The far-reaching consequences of what we're doing to try to stop the spread of this virus, maybe they're necessary, maybe they're not, but we are talking about massive, massive economic losses coming, and that's just, that's just the truth. 
I'm not downplaying the fact that the virus spreads like wildfire. I'm not downplaying the fact that the virus is dangerous to old, sick people. These things we're doing, man, they are drastic measures. I hope they work because we are going to be feeling this for not just, you know, the coming months, for years. No, we're not going to be in lockdown for years, but the economic impact of this is going to be, it's going to be something. So, smile when you can, laugh. I feel like I should do something here, and I feel like this is important. I feel like people need to make sure they learn the right lesson. And so, in the most basic possible way, I'm going to try to explain why you don't ever shut down an economy, ever. Never. It's not that I don't think we should shut down an economy because COVID wasn't dangerous enough. It's that you don't ever point your finger at your economy and say, stop, ever. Things may shut it down, things outside of your control, things may shut down parts of it, but you don't ever load the gun and fire a bullet into your own economic head, ever. And so allow me to explain. We have a $20 trillion economy. $20 trillion. That number is so big, human minds can't even comprehend it. I certainly can't. But let's set aside this whole huge economy thing. It gets too big. It's too complicated. I want you to picture just a, a store, a restaurant, a sandwich shop. A couple owns and operates a little sandwich shop in a town near you. They make delicious little hot melty sandwiches, but that's not important for our time. They have this sandwich shop. And let's say you point to that couple and you say, what was that word they used? You're non-essential? Let's say you decide, as a governor, as a mayor, as a public health official, hey, mom, pop, shut her down. You're not essential. Sorry, you're not Walmart. And let's say you force them to shut down. Okay, well, what goes into a shop? A shop has what? A shop has employees. They would have employees. Hey, Charlie, sorry, don't come into work. Sarah, nope, can't come into work. We're shut down. Oh, Bill, don't come into work. Up there. Okay, so already you've separated those employees out. The employees themselves, they still have to pay the bills, right? They have their own bills, so they either need to go find a job where they're not shut down or they have to file for unemployment. That's just the employees. The rent. You, mom and pop, you're not made of money. You rent out a little, little place in a shopping center. You have to pay that rent. The landowner needs you to pay that rent. But if you can't pay the rent, then that goes to the landowner. But even if you can pay the rent, you don't have money coming in. Now your money's going down. Oh, just stay with me here. What else do you need for a sandwich shop? Food, right? We got to have our pastrami in from this guy. Hey, get our pepperoni guy on the line. Where are we getting mozzarella from? Hey, we're out of mayonnaise. We got to have, got to have fresh food shipments. Now, all of a sudden, you're calling your pepperoni guy. Hey, Pedro, don't bring the pepperoni. Hey, uh, Bob, Bob, cancel the pastrami order. Oh, no, postpone it. I think just two weeks, but I don't know. I'm going to wait and see. This is one little sandwich shop. Now, maybe the pepperoni guy, maybe he finds a new client because he can't afford to have you buying it and then not buying it. Maybe he reduces his supply because you're not buying it. And next time you call him, you don't have a pepperoni guy anymore. Maybe all of a sudden your mayonnaise guy, he gave you the last glut of his mayonnaise and then he's shutting down. Now you're This is one little mom and pop shop. Now expand that to a $20 trillion economy where everything works together. And they don't work together because they're all friends, obviously. 
Everything works together because everyone has learned how to run their own little portion of it. And so when you have jackass politicians and public health officials that say, stop, stop, pause, go home, you're not essential. Hey, shut down. Oh, that's dangerous. If it saves one life. And then in response to doing that to the economy, you walk up to the money printing machine and you print trillions of dollars and just take them in gobs and then you just start chucking them at the economy. Hey, another trillion here. Let's, let's get another trillion. In. Get some trillions in there. What do you think you're going to get? You're going to end up a couple years later with 8.5% inflation and people can't afford a dozen eggs. And I'm sick and tired of watching everyone today put on their partisan hat and blame Joe Biden. Yes, Joe Biden sucks. Joe Biden made it worse. He's a complete disaster. This inflation is not Joe Biden's fault. And if we're going to take that lesson from this, if that's the lesson you learned today when you looked at these inflation numbers and you said, what, Joe Biden? The problem is you're going to do it again. Now, that's the only lesson we learn. We're going to do it again. You remember my story in the beginning? If the only lesson I learned was to hold the matches tighter, then I'm going to go get blasted on an empty stomach full of whiskey again and do something else dumb because I didn't learn the right lessons the first time. Let's make sure we learn the right lessons. You're mad about today? I've got bad news about today. We're still on the 2020 idiocy portion of this pain. We haven't even gotten to 2021 yet. It takes that long for it to kick its way down the economy. These things are true. These things happen. Now let's move on to talk about Joe Biden and how disgusting these people are when it comes to this stuff. Look, you know I'm a bad person. Everyone knows that. You're probably spitting mad at me right now. It's fine. Don't care. But I can't relate to these people who look at everyone's suffering and don't feel any empathy to them at all. The Biden administration, I mean, they are... It is the presidency, right? It is the commander-in-chief. They are the top executive in the country, top elected official in America. And so they're citizens. They're suffering. They're out there right now. They're suffering. People are watching their standard of living freefall right before their eyes. And the Biden administration, their first instinct is to slap a label on the suffering so they don't get blamed for the suffering. This Putin price hike thing is sick. So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Right now, um, and again, part of that justice is lowering cost. Right now, of course, we have the Putin price hike at, at the pump. And we're going to make sure that the full story is told, both as it relates to Putin's price hike. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. How gross is that? Your first instinct isn't to help. It isn't to do something about it. Your first thing you do is you gather all your staffers around. Hey, everyone get around the table. Hey, what label do we put on this so they don't blame us? That is so gross. I mean, I realize that's politics, but that is so gross. 66% of Americans have said they've incurred hardship over this. Two thirds of your country is in pain and you're worried about which label to put on it? And this is before, I mean, they're already talking about more relief checks for Ukraine? Like, you cannot print and spend like this without paying. 
And look, it's like we talked about in the very beginning of COVID. While everyone was panicking, 10 different masks, putting on gloves, hand sanitizer, hiding under their beds, I tried to, I tried to warn a thousand times. Panic has a cost, and the cost is high. Here's Jerome Powell. Simply flooded the system with money. Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. So we, you know, we, as a central bank, we have the ability to create money uh, digitally. And we do that by buying treasury bills or, or bonds or other government guaranteed securities. And that, that actually increases the money supply. We also print actual currency and we distribute that through the Federal Reserve Bank. Just print the money. Stop the economy. Gum up the works of the economy. Shoot yourself in the foot and print a bunch of money. Yeah, Joe Biden's responsible. So was the guy before him. So was Congress. This is a disgrace, and the pain you're feeling should not be dismissed as Joe Biden's price hike. No, 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 no. If we don't take the right lessons from what we're experiencing now, then we'll screw it up again the next time. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We're going to talk to Steve Moore, an economist, about this next. Let's unpack what some of these words even mean. Is it going to get worse? All that's still to come on I'm Right. Before we get to that, maybe you're upset with corporate America. I understand if you are, I certainly am. And I'll tell you, whenever we're buying something now, whenever we leave the house to go buy something, we are trying to figure out where we should and shouldn't go. Okay, does this corporation hate me? Does it? You don't have to sit and worry about that anymore because Public SQ has you covered. If you want to know where you should shop, Go download Public SQ, whether it's in the Apple Store or Google Play or wherever. Just get Public SQ on your phone. You're running out? Want to know which co local coffee shop to go through? Put Public SQ in there. All right? Public SQ. Go download it today. We'll be back. Uh, so we're going to put out an executive order today. New York State on pause, two basic rules. Uh, only essential businesses will be functioning. People can work at home, God bless you. But only essential businesses can have workers commuting uh, to the job or on the job. Second rule, remain indoors to the greatest extent to protect physical and mental health. Essential. Man, what a word. Joining me now, Steve Moore. He is the senior economist of FreedomWorks, also the author of the book GovZilla, How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. Steve, I'll, I'll tell you, I still can't get that out of my head, how accepting Americans were of any politician here saying, you're not essential, go home. That is just so against everything the land of the free should have stood for and we just went with it well but and you know i listened to that and watched that tape and the most amazing thing about that was maybe a little um about almost exactly two years ago and remember at that time the media it was a frenzy for andrew cuomo oh my god he's the savior he you know he should be president of the united states you know he knows what he's doing and of course, not only do you have to resign in disgrace, but everything that Cuomo did, as we found in our study on the states, 
you know, he, he had the second worst record of any governor in terms of reducing deaths and keeping his economy functioning and keeping the schools open. So, you know, it's just, it's richly ironic that the media celebrated Andrew Cuomo and then they called, you know, Ron DeSantis in Florida, Death Santis, and how dare he open up the beaches and things. And actually, it turns out that New York had a higher death rate than Florida did. Can you explain to people, I, I did the best I could in the opening, but I'm not Steve Moore, I'm Jesse Kelly, so I didn't do a very good job of explaining to people how much it disrupts a $20 trillion economy with God knows how many moving parts would you point to even parts of that economy and say, stop moving. It just doesn't work that way. Can you explain it to people? Well, it cost us $5 trillion in terms of all these government <sighs> and the shutdowns of the economy. And we really have to wonder, and I'm, I'm you know, asking an honest question, you know, what did we get for this? Would, wouldn't we have been better off if we had just had the politicians tell the American people what was going on and letting Americans make their own decisions about whether they wanted to go outside, whether they wanted to go to work, whether they wanted to go to a business or a restaurant. And we know from what happened in the States now two years later, the lockdowns were a catastrophic mistake, even from a health perspective. They had very little positive effect, but they just destroyed uh, New York City. They destroyed many of our, you know, I'm from Chicago. Chicago was shut down for 18 months practically. And these cities, you know, still haven't been able to make a comeback. Then you have, you know, tens and tens of thousands of businesses that went bankrupt. You put tens of millions of Americans in the unemployment lines. You shut down our schools and deprive millions of our kids, almost a whole year of schooling, which is something that will have an extreme negative effect on, on many of these kids, unfortunately, for throughout most of their life. So somebody's got to point to me how any of this was a success. Well, uh, you're the one that said, you guys did a study, and yes. I believe that there are a bunch of people on the left who still honestly think, yeah, the, the, the lockdowns hurt the economy, but it did save lives. And it's hard to get through to these people. Your lockdowns didn't do anything. The numbers don't show that. Yeah, so what we found, and this is confirmed by some you know, other major studies, uh, people, uh, some of the top of health and economic researchers at Johns Hopkins University, that the lockdowns reduced the death rate from COVID by 0.1%. So that means maybe a few thousand lives were saved but look at the damn, by the way, there were hundreds of thousands of people who died from the lockdown. We call these the deaths of despair. Massive increases in the number of drug overdoses, suicides, uh, people who didn't were deprived of healthcare because the hospitals were not open. All of these things were major mistakes. And so I think that what hopefully we've learned from this experience is that the correct strategy, which is something that Early on, it was pretty clear what we should have done, which is to protect the vulnerable populations. The vulnerable populations were senior citizens who were clearly vulnerable. Anybody over the age of 70, you know, if they caught COVID, it could be, you know, cause death. And obviously people who had other health problems, you know, heart problems or uh, lung problems or diabetes, we know that they were vulnerable. So we could have protected, we could have done a better job protecting that population and the other 80% of us could have got on with our lives. But no, the government wanted to use this big, blunt instrument, uh, as you heard from Cuomo. We're going to decide what, by the way, how do you decide what businesses are essential and which are? Who, who makes that decision? 
Steve, I'm glad you brought this up. One more thing on this before we move on, because we're going to talk about inflation. But it's not hard to call Andrew Cuomo a scumbag. Everyone knows that. Gavin Newsom, these guys, the things. It's not hard to point at them and say, okay, so you have a political hack governor who ruined his state. How do you explain the FDA, the CDC? We have these supposed nonpartisan government agencies who are giving out guidance to the entire country and they are apparently politicized beyond belief. If they're not politicized, they're idiots because they've gotten the whole thing wrong. How do we end up there? Yeah, this is the sad part of the story is that Americans, you and I and most Americans, we don't know who we can trust now because the CDC was, was incredibly politicized. Uh, you know, they were attacking Trump. And look, I worked for Donald Trump. He didn't make all the right decisions, but he made many right decisions and obviously Operation Warp Speed was something nobody thought was possible. We got that vaccine done in 10 months when the uh, the, the uh, New York Times said it would take three or four years. And, and you, all you have to do is just look back at the things that the CDC said, CDC said two years ago and, and now what we know is, is the truth. And it's heartbreaking actually. I mean, the problem is that all science has become well, political science. It's all political, and that's that's heartbreaking. That's not what science is supposed to be. But there is a bias in all of these things. And what really worries me the most is we are going to see more variants of this COVID. And look, in Philadelphia today, they're bringing back all these mask mandates. So nobody seems to have learned the lessons of what we got right and what we got wrong. Just protect the people who are in the nursing homes. By the way, one other quick thing: Andrew Cuomo is, a, you know, for his behavior in terms of his treatment of women is is indefensible. But he is he should be held criminally liable for he's responsible for the deaths of thousands and thousands of seniors who were put in nursing homes that had contagious people. I mean, how stupid was that? Uh, well north of 15,000. I have argued and I maintain it. No governor in the history of the country has murdered more of his own citizens than Andrew Cuomo. But all right, let's talk about inflation today. It's obviously the big news, Steve. 8.5% is a shocking number. If you got a 10% raise in the last year, it just disappeared like that. Uh, is this number going to get worse? It sure, it's getting worse. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, remember, it was at 4%, and then the uh, Biden administration said, oh, we don't have to worry about inflation. And then it was 6 to 7%. They said, oh, it's temporary, it's transitory. And then when it hit 8%, you know, uh, the CNN, I'm not making this up, CNN said, well, a little inflation's good for you. Yeah, right, it's a good thing <laughs> for groceries. Uh, and now they're saying it's, you notice their new, latest line is, it's Putin inflation. It's Putin inflation. It's not uh, Biden. The problem with, of course, that explanation is 80% of the inflation happened before Putin went into to the Ukraine. So this is a president who refuses to take, he's like the opposite of Harry Truman. Harry Truman said the buck stops here. You know, he would take responsibility. This, have you heard, have you ever seen Joe Biden take responsibility for anything? I mean, oh, the generals made me do it in Afghanistan. You know, it's Trump's fault on the border. It's this, it's that. It's ne he never takes any responsibility for his, his mistakes, which are numbering up greatly. So the answer to your question is, I'm afraid inflation is headed in the wrong direction, and I don't see any policy coming out of the Biden administration to deal with it. Steve Moore, the, gov the book is GovZilla. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate you. Anytime. Thanks so much for having me.
All right, we got AWR Hawkins coming on next. We're going to talk a little bit about guns, ghost guns. We hear about that word all the time. What's it mean? We'll talk to AWR about that. But first, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the corporate world and how much you and me, how much we fund people who hate our guts. We do it all the time now. Uh, we try not to. I'm trying to get better. I know you're trying to get better, but it's hard. I'll give you an easy one. Your health insurance. Where are you getting your health insurance right now? Your health insurance company, I want you to go look them up right now and go look up the things they've said over the past couple years. Switch to OneShare Health, a health insurance company that has incredible coverage options. Their prices are the best I've seen. Vision, dental, telehealth, they have everything you need and they share your values. This is a faith-based insurance company. 5% of your monthly goes to veterans with PTSD. That's how much they care. That's how much they want to serve. Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly. Promo code Jesse Kelly gets you 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. Go now. All right, before we get to the great AWR Hawkins, I do understand there was a shooting in Brooklyn today. No, I haven't talked about it. Not going to talk about it. I don't know any details, and I do not believe in pouncing on the dead bodies of people to make a political point. That's what the communists do. I find it to be disgusting. We are simply going to say prayers for everybody involved and, involved and hope all are well. Joining me now, my friend A.W.R. Hawkins. He's, of course, the Breitbart News Second Amendment expert. Okay, A.W.R., actually on that point, because we don't do that here, and I never will do that here, it is one of those things that has bothered me since Obama did it. I, it seems so inhumane. I mean, we can have all the disagreements in the world, not that you and I have any, on guns, but if, you, if we did... If I was a strong anti-gunner and you're A.W.R. Hawkins, we can have those. But, man, you don't have those conversations when someone's getting a phone call finding out their daughter just died. That's when you just bow your head and pray and you come together. And we don't do it anymore, and it drives me crazy. Right. No, you're right. And I know details on that uh, incident to a degree. But as you say, things are unfolding. So, uh, you know, you got to find out really what happened. And particularly... I hope people will wait to find out what happened before they come out to push this new gun control or that new gun control. Sadly, most of them on the left don't wait, but I hope they will. But I'm like you, you know, you just, you pray for these families and you hope people will support these families, rally around them. And that yeah. as uh, New Yorkers and Americans, people will rally together. And uh, I know that sounds, it sounds so simple but it's it's where we have to start with this because right now we're all waiting to find out information yeah amen. all right let's get to the task at hand here joe biden he is the president of the united states and he had a lot to say yesterday about the atf and prostitutes and ghost guns so here's a little clip awr very beginning the second amendment didn't say you can own any gun you want as big as you want you couldn't buy a cannon when in fact the second amendment passed he served the department of justice for two decades he works side by side to support the work of federal, state, and local law enforcement, including AFT agents. We're the only outfit in the country that is immune. Imagine had the tobacco industry been immune to prostitute being sued. Come on. If you commit a crime with a ghost gun, 
expect federal prosecution. Not just state, expect federal prosecution. Take a look. Take a look at this. It comes in this package. You can see the picture down here, maybe. This is the gun. It's not hard to put together. It's a little drill, hand drill at home. It doesn't take very long. I would love to see Joe Biden try to put that together, but setting that aside, let's let's start at the beginning, AWR. Could you not own a cannon in the beginning of this country? Well, I mean, it's news to me. I bet it would be really be news to the Redcoats who rolled down in the Carolinas and met all those farmers. Uh, I bet it would also be news to the folks who rolled up uh, a little bit further north uh, near Bunker Hill and some other places. I bet it would be news to them that no one was shooting cannons at their ships because I'm sure they thought people were shooting cannons and I'm sure they thought that people were shooting cannons at their uh, troops. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, we've talked about this at Breitbart. We fact-checked this and uh, it just doesn't pan out. Yeah, you could own the canyon. Most certainly you could. And I'll make another point that you didn't ask for, Jesse, but this is just bonus. People need to understand that when the Second Amendment was ratified, December of 20, or December of 17, uh, what was it, 1781? I can't remember the year it was ratified right now. I've got so many numbers in my head from this crazy morning. But when it was ratified, a musket was a weapon of war. I think that's important to note. So not only could you own a cannon, but you could own the very musket that the military used even the military that attacked your homeland when they came and invaded to start the American Revolution. So it was a very different world than Joe Biden presents. Uh, it was a world where Americans were armed to the teeth and they were armed so they could defend their property and their freedom. AWR, there's so much talk now about ghost guns, and I realize you definitely know, obviously, what a ghost gun is, but a lot of people don't even know what, what that is. What is a ghost gun? It's a tricky phrase, Jesse, because a ghost gun is a phrase that the left has created, just like they created assault weapons in the 1990s. We've covered that at Breitbart, and i got to give New York Times credit. Hard, hard to do, but the New York Times is the one that said, look, the phrase assault weapon, this is part of a Democrat myth. They created a political category of guns so they could then turn around and ban them and claim to be tough on crime. This is a repeat right now. Now they're saying guns you build from a kit, those are ghost guns. And now they're moving to ban the guns that they, they've created the name for them, ghost guns. Now they want to ban them. So Biden would go, boom, I said I would do some gun control. I did some gun control. I said I'd be tough on crime. I've been tough on crime. That's what they're doing. It's all a hoax. So a ghost gun is any gun, ultimately, that's not serialized. It doesn't have a serial number. And guns you build out of kits do not have serial numbers. So that's why there's such a big focus on those. And that's what Biden is going after. Okay, so... Are a bunch of people committing crimes with these ghost guns? Not that that would matter for Second Amendment reasons, but I'll be honest with you, I have to cover this stuff every day, AWR. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost gun crime come across my desk. There was one in California, Jesse, and I can't remember if it was three years ago, four years ago, it was at a high school. I can't remember the name of the high school. And whoever used it, or whoever carried out that 
incident, I believe they shot people with a gun that had been put together at home and it was called a, a quote unquote ghost gun. So I can think of that. Other than that, I'm hard pressed to give you any example, Jesse. And, uh, and I read this stuff and live this stuff every day. And that is the only example I can remember. All right. Lastly, Steve Dettelbach, the new ATF nominee. The last one was so radical. He got the hook. Who's this guy? Yeah, this one's fairly radical. If you think about it, he was Barack Obama's Harvard law classmate. I mean, it stops right there with me. As soon as I hear that, I go, uh Oh, but it goes further. He ran to be the attorney general of Ohio. He ran in 2018. He was unsuccessful, but he ran. And during that campaign, he voiced support for an assault weapons ban for universal background checks. And uh, by the way, New York has both of those. Uh, he, he espoused support for those things and he espoused opposition to allowing teachers to be armed for classroom defense, even in a situation where said teachers or said school staff members were for former military or former, former police. That's hard to swallow, Jesse. If you were a policeman or a policewoman, you were military personnel. Now you're working in a school. This guy opposes you being able to carry a gun for classroom defense. I can't wrap my mind around that, Jesse. Yeah. AWR Hawkins, thank you, my brother. Oh, thank you. Great to be with you, buddy. Have you got your Eden Pure Thunderstorm yet? Have you? Have you got your three-pack yet? You know... I read you email after email after email that people send in to me about this thing, and I'm telling you, it's miraculous. The last one I read you was from a 70-year-old woman who's had allergies her whole life. She wrote in thanking me. This thing is amazing. It cleans your air all the time in your home. You'll be able to smell it. You'll be able to taste it. I wake up and my eyes don't water anymore. Go get your three-pack today because they have a deal for my viewers, three of them. For under $200. That's $200 off. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE and you get a three pack for $200 off. How about that, huh? We'll be back. Learning lessons kind of been the theme of the show, right? The whole opening was, did we learn the right lesson about why we have inflation? Well, it's more than just you and me that need to learn lessons. The people in power have to learn lessons too. Have they? What have we done as a society to make sure they have learned their lesson? Because right now, you're sitting here watching I'm Right on the great first TV, so I know how you feel about the issues in general. Obviously, we're going to have disagreements about some things, but in general, I understand your mindset. You understand mine. It's very clear. We, we understand each other, right? But the population as a whole, do they understand that they have to punish the people who have done this stuff to us or they're going to do it again? And maybe you're sitting there thinking, no, Jesse, there's no way they would ever try it again. I am so mad about the lockdowns. Jesse, I'm done with the masks. I'm not doing masks anymore. They wouldn't even try it again. 
They're already saying publicly they're going to try it again. We may need to revert back to being more careful and having more utilizations of masks indoor. But right now, we're watching it very, very carefully. What did he just say? Now, obviously we can go off on that, but does that look like a man, does that sound like a man who has learned his lesson? Or does that sound like a man who doesn't think he's ever going to face any, any punishment or accountability at all for what he's done to this country? Which leads me to the blue areas. Do you know that Philadelphia just brought back the indoor mask mandate starting on April 18th? Now, that sounds crazy to you, right? Unless you're watching me from Philadelphia, which I'm sure we do have from viewers, but that sounds crazy to you. You couldn't even imagine living in a place that has a mask mandate. Well, these mayors of these ultra blue areas, they haven't learned any lessons about shutting down businesses and forcing you to wear a stupid piece of cloth on your face. They haven't learned any lessons at all. That's why if you're the mayor of Philadelphia, you will, without hesitation, turn around and, hey, you know what? Make everyone mask up again. People haven't learned lessons. The White House is in on it too. Don't think this is just a Philadelphia problem. Oh, we're good to go. Here's the White House. Does that mean that extending the mask mandate in public transportation is a live option? It's on the table? Yeah, I, I look, this is a CDC decision, uh, and uh, I think it is absolutely on the table. And, the, and Dr. Walensky is going to make uh, her decision based on, on the framework that the CDC scientists create, and, and we'll make a decision uh, collectively based on that. Let's stop, let's stop on that point here just briefly. Walensky, she's going to make her decision based on what the CDC, what did he call them? Scientists said. This is in the wake of the information coming out that we now know the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, you know, the place that puts out the guidance in all the schools, public and private in the country, they follow those guidelines for the most part. It just came out that the CDC designed their guidelines around what the teachers unions wanted. And they're getting ready to do it again. Do these people sound like they've learned lessons? And lastly, and I, I bring this up because we have a special, we have a great special coming on Friday about COVID and how we have to have a reckoning, how we have to teach these lessons. I bring this up because I'm worried we're going to let it go. I'm worried we're going to be so relieved when things get taken off of us that we're going to let it go. I want to make sure you remember, it's not that they're not now scared of coronavirus. It's that they never were. Kamala Harris is just the latest and greatest example of somebody who knows all this is theater and she's not worried about getting corona and she got busted. You said on Friday that um, the vice president was masked indoors all day, but the White House tweeted a video showing her standing over the president without a mask on. Can you explain what happened there? Well, I would say that the vice president and the president and all of us abide by what the CDC protocols are. It was an emotional day. It was a historic day. And there were moments when she was not wearing a mask inside, including in a photo. But she was wearing it 99.9% .9 of the time. Did you know coronavirus knows when you're emotional and it backs off? Look, I'm not going to do what people have mistakenly done the whole time and call Kamala Harris a hypocrite. She's not a hypocrite. She's a liar. They're all just simply liars. 
They told you to destroy your life and your country over coronavirus, and they were never worried about coronavirus. As I've said a thousand times, if I tell you there are landmines in the front lawn and you better not go out there, and then you come outside and I'm dancing on the front lawn, you're not going to call me a hypocrite. You're going to call me a liar. We have been lied to for two years. And unless we teach them a lesson, they're going to do it again. And on that note, remember, Friday, we have a special coming about COVID and the reckoning. We'll be back. Well, it's time to lighten the mood. And I guess since we can't bank on America's comedy groups to actually make fun of all the people in charge anymore, we have to go to Saudi Arabia? It's embarrassing, but it's true. Thank you very much. Today... We're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia. Yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin. Putin, listen to me. I have a very important message to you. The message is... And the president of China... Oh, I didn't finish Russia. No, sir. Thank you to correct me, First Lady. Damn. Yeah, thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless... Thank you all. Hallelujah. Clap to your president. Clap to your president right now. It almost hurts, doesn't it? Man, they did come all wrong there. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.